Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with guest host Shelly Bennis, lady around town, brand builder, and people connector, and our special guest, Brian Carter, winemaker of Brian Carter Cellars. Um... Today's topics, we're going to be chatting do's and don'ts of wine tasting. We're touring Brian Carter's facility here where he does production and discussing our question of the week, as well as doing a progressive tasting of the varietals that are going to go into a blend that you're going to present at the, at the end, if I have that correct. Okay, so, hi, I'm Brian Carter, and uh, welcome to Brian Carter Cellars here in Woodenville, Washington. Uh, lovely to have you all here. And uh, everybody in this crowd has got a wine glass in their hand, and we're going to use that to taste some wine. <laughs> the first thing I want you to notice on the glass is my foot. So um, oh. you might think that that's just a foot, but actually I had an artist. We, we have this event called the Grape Stomp, and we had an artist do a rendition of what a, a bare foot should look like. And I, and I said, that doesn't look like a foot. So I, I put ink on the bottom of my, took them off my, my shoe, put ink all over my shoe, and my foot, stomped on a piece of paper, <laughs> put it on the copy machine, and sent it to the, to the glass producer, and there it is. That's my, that is literally my foot. <laughs> uh, I decided uh, at the last minute to change a little bit, so we're going to do Corrida, which is our Rioja-style uh, Spanish uh, blend. Uh, so we're going to taste Tempranillo. I think there's a couple of different barrels just to, sh- to kind of taste some barrel differences. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do Graciano. I'm one of, one of the few winemakers in the country that uses the variety Graciano, which is a blending grape in Rioja. So I'm going to bring you back in here, and then we're going to taste a, uh, a, a finished wine. So that'll be fun. Fantastic. So we're going to start off with? Um, we're going to start off with uh, rosé, actually. So just, you know, the, w- you know it's, it, the sun's out. So we have, to, we have to dr- drink rosé, and we happen to have a tank full of rosé over here, which we are ab- about to bottle in about two weeks, and it's delicious, and so we're going to start with that. It's a, it happens to be a Sangiovese-based rosé uh, blend. Of course, everything at Brian Carter Cellars pretty much is blend, <laughs> so uh, it's not surprising that it's a blend. Awesome. Well, while we're walking over there and following you, we're going to have Shelly uh, clue us in. Today's show is brought to you by Alvin Goldfarb Jeweler, Brian Carter, and Talking Rain Beverages. And you can probably hear there's a whole bunch of sounds going on around us because we are truly in a barrel facility. facility yep. We're, uh, as I've always said when we do these shows, I wish we had uh, vision and smell of vision because what we are looking <laughs> yeah. at is this beautiful pink-ish, oh, rosé-ish color that's coming out of this amazing, large, um, Brian, what do we refer to these as? Uh, those are tanks. Big uh, tank. Big stainless steel tank. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this wine. So, again, uh, this is a 2018 rosé, and, 
but mostly Saint-Gervaise grape. Uh, as you can see, it's not completely clear. Um, this is what wines look like uh, at this stage of the game, uh, typically when they haven't been filtered. So this will be filtered um, actually this week and got ready for bottling. But actually, as I might have said earlier, this is maybe as good as this wine is ever going to taste because uh, we're going we're gonna to filter it, which is a little bit hard on it, and it'll recover, and then we're going to put it into the bottle, which is another moving it through hoses and, and pumps and stuff like that, and, and, and that's a little bit hard on it. So it'll, it'll be under, under shock, what we call bottle shock. You've heard that expression um, for a while. But um, I could make the argument that that wine will never be as good as it is right now. Well, I have to tell you, it's absolutely it's delicious. Divine. Yeah, it's <laughs> Uh, what else do you smell? Maybe uh, definitely strawberries. Maybe some cherry. Yeah, I think melons, some melons. Yeah, some melon. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so then when you taste it, it's uh, all about balance. All of the wines that I make, you know, it's about that acid sugar balance. This wine is actually not a hundred percent dry. It's got like a half a percent sugar in it, which is just like right at the threshold. But it's got really good acidity. That Sangiovese grape is a really high acid grape. And so when you pick it, when it's at the right stage, that acidity really balances out the, the, sh the little bit of sugar that it has, and it just makes it a marvelous uh, summertime wine with uh, you know, salmon is one of my favorites. You can imagine oh yeah. the cover is almost like a That was my next question, because yeah. some people are great about going in and picking wines, but they really don't know what to, what put to, pair, them what to pair it with. Yeah, well, rosé is very adaptable. Um, I like rosé probably with salmon as much as anything, but obviously it goes well with uh, a lot of different things, including summertime, sunshine, yeah. friends. Well, it's beautiful for East, yeah, and it's beautiful for Easter breakfast. You know, when you do the brunches and stuff, it right. just, Brunch and this one, brunch. like you said, is very, very balanced, so it's not too sweet. It's not that that huge bite on the front. It, this is just scary, easy, smoothie drink. Oh, <laughs> facility. When you, okay, one of the, one of <laughs> so casualty. We casualty. already have a casualty. <laughs> We're going to be talking today about the do's and don'ts of wine tasting. <laughs> Um, and with that, probably since we're in a uh, production facility, there's some, some things that if you're going to go tasting in a barrel room or, um, or a production facility, some things I had forgot when I got here, and that's to, to realize that it's going to be cold, so you're going to want a jacket. Mm -hmm. um, I have my nice little scarf on today. <laughs> I did wear open toe shoes, and I realized that um, it, my toes are a little chilly, but, you know, it's not too bad. Um, <laughs> poor Shelly wore high heels. Do in not here. Wear, <laughs> high wear high heels. heels. No. You can move your foot. Yeah. You're making me nervous here. <laughs> so, yeah, so whenever you're doing something like this in a, in a, in a production facility, you're going to want to think, you know, non slip shoes um, and look at it more from the aspect of you're going to want to be prepared for a working environment, I guess is the words I'm looking for. Some of the things we were also talking about, kind of the don'ts. We'll, we'll play good cop, bad cop tonight. Oh, so, fun. I like that. Uh, please don't wear perfume is tends to interfere with people's ability to truly taste the wine. Yes. Um, don't bring a big giant bag into a tasting room or a tasting facility knocking people around with your bag. I hate that because you stand there. I mean, you, a lot of these tasting rooms are so small. You stand up to the bar and you go to move to the right or the left and you literally take people out with their wine glasses and wine goes splashing everywhere and you take some 92-year-old lady out in the head with a bag. It's like just leave it in the truck. 
Uh, one thing I just had to do before I started this tasting was to remove my lipstick. Yes, that was a great one we had. Uh, lipstick is fine and lovely. It's not a nice way to have glasses in a winery. And as uh, we know, most of the lipsticks now are long staying, so they also stay long on glasses. On glass, yeah. So it's not, uh, be, ni be kind to your wine host. Yeah. to get a glass that's ha that, that, that's oh been no. clean it's clean that <laughs> has still have lipstick on it even though it's been through the dishwasher yeah. well and there's nothing pretty about lipstick on a glass i mean sorry no <laughs> another don't uh don't use words like that's gross or that's disgusting um, wine tasting is a very personal experience so if you don't like something be polite and use words like i don't prefer that one um, that's not my taste profile i mean you could be really creative with it if you want to sound you know, a little bit more knowledgeable, or you can just say, I just don't prefer that. Just remember that nobody's wrong when it comes to wine. Yeah. Just bec because they, they don't like the same wine you do, that doesn't make them wrong. Exactly. All right, so where should we go to next, Mr. Brian? We're going to follow you, and then we're going to chat along the way behind you. The good thing about these drains is you don't have to finish every wine that I pour you. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's so heartbreaking. <laughs> Not going to happen on my watch. Yeah, you, you can't drink everything that goes into no. your glass. And that's actually part of a conversation we're going to have later on as we tour this. Okay, as a matter of fact, so just because I don't have drains in that room, I'm going to go get a bucket so that just in case people don't want to take it. Okay, so while Brian is going and getting a bucket and preparing us for our um, tour here, let's go ahead and chat a little bit more of the do's and don'ts. Are there any don'ts that we didn't have on the list that you think we should really be talking about? I think one of the biggest don'ts is actually kind of a do. Don't be shy. Winemakers love to talk about their they wine. Do. They like to yeah. tell you, just like I just asked, I don't actually know a lot of time what to pair a beautiful bottle of wine with. If yeah. you're buying a beautiful bottle of wine from a Brian Carter, ask him. <laughs> he would love to tell you what he thinks it would be. And he has a good reasons for it as well. It's not just because it's Brian Carter wine. There are reasons why a Sangiovese or a Rosé or a, a blend would taste better with some, some things. Food. Yep. Some foods better than others. And I have my opinion, but nobody's wrong. <laughs> if you want to drink Riesling with your steak or Cabernet with your oysters, I might not like it, but you're not wrong. Well, and it's funny because I've done that a lot. Like, I love cabs, and I, I will do them with oysters. It's either champagne or cabs. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, we're going to follow you, Brian. All right. Oh, very good. A wine thief? Okay. It steals wine from the, the barrel. barrel. <laughs> so we are literally physically walking into this beautiful room. <laughs> Of barrels, and LB and I are trying to. At the hip here. We are connected with our microphone, so. So if you've ever heard a show before, this one's probably going to sound a little sloppier, just because the whole idea of walking around and balancing and cords between us is going to take a couple of minutes <laughs> to get mastered. But we're now standing in front of a beautiful barrels. Tell us about this. So these are barrels, obviously. Um, some people would call them barriques um, or casks. They are uh, made out of oak, um, which is by far and away 99% of the barrels, wine barrels, are made out of oak. And um, there are some various ages of oak. Uh, you can see the, the uh, number up here. See, that's an old barrel. That's a 
2013, so that's actually been filled a couple of times. Uh, and then we have some brand new barrels as well. Now, there's several different uh, origins of oak, and there is American oak, and there is French oak. Those are the two main ones, but there's also, uh, we've got an example of a uh, uh, Russian barrel. It's, it's from the Caucasus. Uh, and we also uh, buy some Hungarian oak. Um, and so there's there's a number of different uh, oak forests around the world. One, once we even use, and, and there's several different species, once we even used a ch barrel from China, it was uh, uh, Quiricus mongolicus. Um, that is a mouthful. It, it, didn't, it didn't make very good wine, and it was kind of leaky. Okay. So we're not buying any more mongolicus. <laughs> so kind of explain a little bit, do the dip, do the different oaks then have a tendency to change the? We get to barrel. We get to barrel taste and, and experience it. All right. Hungarian barrel and a Russian barrel. Now th this this row is is Temp Tempranillo. We have a, uh, actually two different vineyards. Um, one of the vineyards is broken into two different clones, different blocks. Excuse me. And those, uh, so those slightly different parts of the vineyard, and they, they, I have my favorite, which is, which is block 17, and then there's block 25 over there, and then we also have some stuff from Upland Vineyards. Uh, this is Stone Tree, block 17, Tempranillo. So we're going to start with that. Start with uh, an older barrel, a, a French oak barrel. This is, a, this is a what they call a chateau barrel. Um, you can see it's got this nice headboard on it. So this is a, a, a very expensive barrel. You, have, you pay extra for that. And uh, it's it's mostly show. This is a very nice barrel. It's called uh, Divine, Divine <laughs> by Loire. Loire is the cooperage, and, and Divine is their brand name for this particular barrel. So we're going to start with a little bit less oak version, and then we'll go to ones that have more oak in them. Probably just stick to the stone tree block 17, and we'll just kind of do an oak tasting here, and and, uh, and and then we'll move on to tasting the Graciano after that. Perfect. So each different kind of barrel presents a different flavor profile or error. What's the word? I'm like introduces a little bit different um, profile to the wines. Correct. Yes. Um, next to the biggest impact on the flavor of the wine and mm. winemakers kind of obsess about what kind of barrels and it could be um, the source of the barrel which we were talking about earlier you know American oak versus French oak uh, or it could be um, the toast level toast toasting of the barrel is very important um, it can be the grain so there's tight grain and loose grain um, and uh, every every cooper kind of has their signature how they make their barrels and and how tight they are and how they toast them and and so you a lot of winemakers will have their their favorite coopers a cooper is a, is somebody who makes barrels wow so this is tempranillo french oak yeah. correct so this is this is tempranillo from the stone tree vineyard and it is uh, block 17 which is the oldest block um there and uh, everybody get some yes so how Cheers. long has this one been in the so barrel for? So this is 2018 vintage. So um, 
Well, how many months ago was uh, it was six six months ago? This was this was still this was this was grapes hanging on the vine uh, in um, in September. So it's it's a it's a new wine. Oh, I taste coffee. Coffee? Uh, yeah, okay. I get coffee or, or an espresso or a cognac. Yeah, and that's one of the common things that you get from from the toasting of the barrel. Okay. Oh, it's again, smell of vision and taste of vision would be great with blog spots because the taste is amazing. The smell is complex but approachable, really, really beautiful. One of the things uh, that marks Tempranillo is the, the tannins. Um, it's kind of got similar tannins to Cabernet Sauvignon um, in terms of its structure of the wine. Uh, Pinot Noir is typically a little softer, Syrah is a little softer, uh, but, but this wine has definitely got some, some oomph to it in terms of the tannins, which makes it go really well with red meat. And uh, it also, because this wine is young, you can see the tannins more. Right. As, as it uh, ages a little bit more, the tannins will soften. I refer to that wine as being kind of chewy. Yeah, yeah. Little, little chewy. 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 Yeah. Good <laughs> Structure, chewy, tannins. Mm -hmm. uh, now, when we taste the Graciano, you'll see it's a little softer. And so we can use that to sort of moderate the tannins. That's, that's mm -hmm. what blending is all about, to, to, to make a wine that is more um, uh, balanced and uh, potentially a little bit more approachable. Mm -hmm. But also ages well, so we can we can add the Tempranillo, which has a little more tannin, and then moderate that with a little bit of the Graciano, uh, which can soften it out and kind of fill it out a little bit. So you'll see the results. I think this is a perfect Seattle wine. It's got that kind of espresso coffee feel. It's a little bit dark. Makes you want to cuddle. It makes you want to cuddle up in front of a fire. It does. <laughs> Eat something rich and hearty. It's beautiful. generations used to wake up in the morning and instead of drinking water they would mix water with wine because it killed the germs in and if you drink water water is dangerous stuff you know it had it, you know could get the plague or um, a lot of other diseases and uh, but, but if you put wine in it it killed the germs um, and people were doing that um, thousands of years ago and um, so that's why our bodies are used to drinking alcohol Makes sense to me. And yeah, who, would, who would prefer <laughs> to have wine instead of water in the morning? That's right. <laughs> Put I'll a smile on I'll your face. Yeah, I'll take a Tempranillo over li Listerine any time oh, of the yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Okay. Now we're going to do a big switch. So this is the uh, Russian barrel uh, okay. from the Caucasus. Uh, the Cooper is Sigam You'll find that this has got a, a, a medium plus toast, so it's a little toastier barrel. And uh, the oak, it, this is a, a new barrel. This is a 2018 barrel. So you'll see definite um, uh, more stronger oak character on this okay. wine than you did on the previous one, which was uh, a 14 barrel. Oh, that's awesome. Bacon fat. It's, it's, it's got a really kind of a rich, almost like a foie gras or something. It's kind of a little musty, but also still dark. Which one did you like better? Less oak or the more oak? I like the second one. Yeah, I like the second one, the more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It definitely, that chewy, 
Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I l- that's a good word for this. So while we're perusing around here, Brian, um, what was one of your favorite wine experiences been so far? My favorite wine experiences. Wow. Um, well, you know, we have in the wine business, we have a lot of, um, of fun. Um, it's a lot of hard work. Um, you know, people, you, you meet, run into some people and they say, you know, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a, I'm a winemaker. And they go, oh, my gosh, winemaker. I would love to be a winemaker. You know, you just stand around and drink wine all day long. And yeah, no, that's a wine drinker. Wow. <laughs> 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 well, we do drink some wine. Um, and um, like I said earlier, some we, we start at 9 o'clock in the morning sometimes and start drinking wine. Um, but we have to spit because um, we, you know, we need to be functional at As 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's what the drains are for. There you go. Um, so, uh, but, you know, the nicest, the thing that I like about wine is, is the food aspect of it. You know, it's all, you know, wine is great, but I must say, you know, if I had to give up, what would I give up if I had to give up one thing or another, food or wine? Well, obviously, I'd have to give up wine because I need food to survive. But if I'm going to go out and organize a dinner, I think about the food first, and then I think about what the wine is that's going to go with it. So for food is, is really the, the dominant uh, thing in, in my life, even more than wine. I love to cook, um, and I've been to some, been privileged to be s- to some great wine dinners. I have to say, you know, at, at some, at some over the years, I've been at, at restaurants that, that took my wines and the chef tasted them and paired his uh, knowledge and experience and fl- flavors with what um, what I do. And it's really uh, rewarding to, to see that happen. I mean, I do that kind of thing every night at home almost, but <laughs> it's still, you know, not it's not a multi-course meal with, you know, you know, six different my wines, each one exactly paired to um, to what the wine taste. When a a great chef, you know, tastes a wine, and you know, with him too, I'm sure it's the food is, is primary. But a great chef knows wine, and he knows the flavors, and and, and he goes out of his way to to, you know, to to make that pairing great. And the wine makes the food better. The food makes the wine better, and yeah. just a great synergy. Well, to me, wine is like an like the perfect accessory. If, yes. it, if you pair it properly, you yes. can literally be stunning. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's kind of like friends, too. You don't want everything, all your friends to be exactly the same. No. Because then there's no contrast. And yeah, there's that'd be no, really you know, it'd be so boring. You don't want your food and your wine to taste exactly the same either. Nope. You want contrast and, well, and originality is, and I mean, interest. Yeah, you think about all the different things we do. I mean, even if you're pretty consistent and you only do a couple of different things in your life, like, you know, maybe you like food and maybe you do sports. You're still going to have a lot of variety in sure. those and the people. I mean, that's what we, th- we thrive on. Right. We absolutely. We and while Brian is getting us prepped for our next barrel tasting, we're going to touch base with um, one of our sponsors, Seattle Uncorked, a social wine club for the wine enthusiasts. Meet new friends at Network with others who love wine. Unlike most wine clubs whose real purpose is to sell wines, Seattle Uncorked is a resource to learn about fun events and classes. There's no membership fee to join. Members will receive a membership card and weekly emails with notices of events. Check out their upcoming events on their website as well as on our Socially Savvy page to keep up on what is coming up. And I believe the next one that is coming up is Sexy Syrah. Yes. Which Sexy you have to Syrahs. cover because I'm going to be gone again. <laughs> exactly. Sexy Syrah is next. Okay, Brian, what do we got this now? This is Graciano. Graciano. And, and Graciano. We're starting with a little bit more neutral barrel. 
All right. That's another 14 barrel, and so it's not a huge amount of oak. It yeah. <laughs> Infusion. <laughs> Straight, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Oh, oh, yeah, no, we got it. Yeah, you don't. So another little. Uh, do's and don'ts. So do's and don'ts is don't toast with water. In so many cultures, it, it is bad luck. So you're better off to take it. It could be juice. It could be anything. It just can't be water. Cheers. I'm also a big fan of don't rinse your glass out with water right. between wines. See all these people, you know, every, oh, I don't, you know, I want to clean my glass. But the water, especially if it has chlorine in it, is going to affect m much more of the wine than the previous wine did. You know, a little tiny thimble full of wine from the previous one is not going to hurt anything. So don't bother to rinse out your glass. Just, just go for it. Okay, Brian, you have to explain this wine because it's yes. very different. Yes. Yeah. Tempranillo, this is a grape. Um, Tempranillo is actually pretty widespread in Spain, but Graciano is actually yes. more unique to the Rioja area. Okay. And um, it's actually come, its popularity in Rioja, I'm told, has kind of uh, gone up and down. Um, right now it's on an uptick. So there's more Graciano being planted and more blends being made with um, the Graciano. I've seen them uh, locally here at a few wine shops and also in um, the best places to get them is in Rioja. So go go to Rioja and you'll, you'll see some 100% we'll Graciano's there. But Logan, there's also one winery in Woodenville that makes a, it's called the Dilico, that makes a, a varietal. And he gets his grapes from the same uh, block that I do on, on up an upland uh, vineyard. Um, now, we are actually going to release our first uh, varietal Graciano this year. We have a, 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 our one label. As I mentioned earlier, 90% of what Brian Carter Sellers does is blends. But um, we do a few small bottlings a year that are just some barrels that I think are so good that they almost they almost defy blending so right. um, this so to me is like walking into a really wonderful spice market yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. this this is yeah this is I just uh, yum it's just it changes from one year to the next but if, if, if fruit care i was kind of looking at what fruit we have in in wines and some people read these descriptions and they, they roll their eyes you know what is you know this smells like cherries or you know, or, you, know, <laughs> you know, sometimes, so if you don't get it, don't worry about it. But I always think that, that Graciano has a little pomegranate character to it. it. It's just very, yeah, it's almost Mediterranean or it just has, I don't, actually personally, I don't taste a lot of fruit. I just taste no. this amazing complex On different spices. Between the nose, like you said, where it's like a spice market, but then when you go to drink it, to me, it almost defies, it's, it has more of a fragrant taste. And it's hard to say that. It has more of a fragrance on my palate than, than a taste. Well, when it hits your palate, you can feel Yep, the it goes back. Yeah. Right. And it just yes. fills your mouth. Yeah. It goes uh, back. It doesn't sit on um, the front of the tongue. A little softer than the Tempranillo was, yes. as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, So you can see if you put this in. It's also a little, a little broader on the middle part of the palate. Um, and it, uh, so it, it kind of helps fill in. Uh, the, the middle part of the, the wine when, when you add this into the blend. So what are we eating with this beautiful wine? With Graciano? Yes. Well, that's a good question. I think that this wine would go well with, I think it because it has a, a lot of spice to it, it could handle a little bit of spice. 
Um, so I'm thinking like a Moroccan chicken. Exa that's exactly what I was thinking, tandoori chicken or Moroccan okay. chicken. Oh, that's so funny. You worldly people, you. <laughs> <laughs> if you have not had Moroccan chicken, it, it, please try it. It is absolutely wonderful. I have never had wonder. Moroccan chicken. I need to try Moroccan mm, yes. chicken. Oh, yeah. See, Marrakesh is amazing. I love it. It's Moroccan. And mm. I had everything on the menu. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of socially savvy <laughs> guests here with us um, tasting. And when you have an experience like this, you know, what would you say would be that what makes it so much different than just walking into a tasting room and, and having that experience? I feel, well, first, I feel like I'm getting more information. Sometimes I go to a tasting room and it's, I'm just surrounded by other people and I get to get hear their experiences, but hearing it from the winemaker himself, I feel like it's a much different experience and I'm getting more information. Um, I've been to many wine tastings and I leave feeling just as dumb about wine as, <laughs> as when I went in. Um, but already today I've learned things I didn't know. Well, and I love Brian. He's really good at that. <laughs> what about you, my dear? So I work in a tasting room and I pour wine, um, and so I do my best to like recreate what I know that the winemaker says a lot when I hear him talk in the tasting room, but I always feel when the winemaker's there, they're speaking from experience and they made the wine. So no matter how hard I try, it's it's just a it is just a different experience having the winemaker. Everyone loves when the winemaker's there. Right. You know, and I try, and I give them a great social experience, and I try to like really get the heart of the winemaker because I know him, but nothing the same as having the winemaker there, and I just think you get that really special one-on-one -on -one experience and you just, yeah there is there is something to say you know we refer to it at alvin goldfarb jeweler one of our <laughs> as retailtainment because <laughs> Retail it that. is i mean this is a product that you buy it is and so there is an entertainment factor well, to definitely. to wine tasting so try to make it fun and enjoyable Well, and I think, so the reason I wanted to ask the question and kind of make that point of difference is you'll see a lot of people will come into an auction and they'll see, you know, winemaker tour. And I think a lot of people don't realize, like, really what kind of a big deal that is. Like, what the level of experience that you're going to get and enjoyment you're going to get out of it is so profoundly different than what you're going to get in the tasting room. And it's, it's not because the, the winemaker's vision is not being you know, portrayed. It's just when the winemaker's in front of you, you can see and hear and feel the passion of what they do. I mean, that's why I've always loved interviewing Brian because everything, you know, he talks about the blends. He talks about just how everything comes together. And it's like he's literally putting together in my mind this waltz of these wines and stuff, and it's fun. Well, I've always believed that, you know, it's one thing to sit and sip a wine and enjoy it, but the more you learn about a wine, the more you appreciate it. And um, I'm still learning about wine. I mean, you, th the nice thing about wine, you'll never, you'll never know it all. Um, there's, you know, some obscure vineyard in Burgundy that you've never heard of. There's, you know, some chemistry. That, I mean, they're they're still learning about wine. You know, it's a it's a big study, and and I'm still learning. I'm trying different things, trying different barrels, trying different yeasts, 
Um, we do a lot of um, wild yeast fermentations uh, at Brian Carter Cellars, and, and, but we com and we compare them with different yeasts, and I just tried a new yeast in 2018 that showed some nice promise. So, um, so there, there's always things to learn. Well, while we were gabbing, uh, Brian poured us another beautiful wine. So yes. tell us about this so one. So this is the identical same wine that you just had, except it is in a different barrel. Okay. And so it this one is completely different. Totally different. This has more bite for me. The other one was a fairly neutral uh, French oak barrel. And this one is a brand new American oak barrel. Now I only use American oak barrels in my Corita blend. So again, we're... These are, are components of the corrida um, that we're eventually going to try. It's a, a traditional thing in Spain to use American oak barrels. I think they kind of have this love-hate relationship with yes. the French. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so we're we're going to go. We're going to go with the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, they use a lot of American oak in Spain, and um, that is one of the reasons that I use some American on, on my um, Spanish uh, blend. I don't use 100% American because I think it's it's really strong, um, but it seems, to be very, it seems it to be very predominant on this yeah, one. Yeah, it, it it really almost takes over the fruit a little bit. So yeah. you you don't definitely you don't takes over the get fruit. As much fruit out of this wine, but you get a lot of character. Yeah, very very another word contrast. I'm talking into my wine glass, by the way. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so so it'll be interesting to listen to the show and see how far away from we get the mic. Yes, extremely complex, lots of pepper on this, it feels like, and a lot of tannin. This one, uh, they often describe vanilla as a character that you find in American oak. Well, I love it. I'm so excited. I love that you came up when we talked about doing this show, and we've done them before. I wanted to do something a little bit different, and, and you did too. And I love the idea of tasting the components that feed up to a final blend. I just think that that is such a – I've never heard of it before, so – <laughs> it's all about the blend. All right, so let's chat about some of the do's while Brian is getting us prepped for the next one. Some of the do's when you're doing wine tasting. Do come ready with questions and feel free to ask away. I think a lot of us, I've, I've volunteered and done um, at my class 12 to be able to pour. And it's always fun because even if somebody is new, the more questions you ask, the more they have to start really getting into it. And it, it works both ways. It's kind of like the, the mentor becomes the mentoree and, and the master becomes the, the student back and forth. Because like Brian said, there's always something new to learn about it. And I love that. Taste things you normally might not think you like. Not y If you think you only like white wines, I can guarantee you that is not true. A winemaker can work with you, or the a tasting room will work with you if you say, "Gosh, I only like sweet wines," or "Oh, I, I'm really not good with tannins," or, "You know, red wine gives me a headache." There are lots of different wines that are available to you in lots of different varieties that um, are not aren't going to shortchange how you feel about wine. So. Experiment. So be, be willing to, to step out. And I always use myself as one of the better examples because I'll tell you, I'm not a fan of whites. Um, Chardonnay particularly was always one of those because I grew up in the buttery oaky. And it just didn't appeal to my We palate. grew up with box wine. Let's oh, be really yeah, let's honest. Be real. <laughs> 
But, you know, when I started doing the show and started interviewing all these different winemakers here in Washington, I loved because they're like, no, please, just try it, and you'll find out. And I got to experience Chardonnay through Washington wines and every variety that that grape can pull from the ground. And it made, it made the experience so much more fun for me. And I went from drinking only reds to drinking whites. And, I mean, somebody says, well, what's your favorite wine? Well, that depends on the day. It could be a Tempranillo. It could be a Sangiovese. It could be a Cab. Viognier's. I mean, all these fun different things that if I had not been willing to go outside and try something new, I would still be stuck with the same thing. When people ask me, what's your favorite wine? I say, depends on what I'm having for dinner tonight. Exactly. I had another friend who used to tell me, um, it's whatever's in my glass. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of glass. Yes, what do we have? What do we have? Um, we have stepped back in time. This is a 2017 vintage instead of 2018. So this wine has actually been in the barrel for 18 months. Uh, different different vintage. Um, and this is again out of a, a, a slightly used barrel. But you can already see, and this is a blend now. So this is uh, primarily Tempranillo. Uh, it's got some Graciano, about 20%. And then it's got a, a little bit of Cab, um, like about six percent mm -hmm. and about a little bit of uh, garnacha which is the spanish uh, name for grenache and uh, which is also a blending grape used in rioja so it's got all it got four different grapes in there yeah. so you took the core blended them and then you dropped them back in the barrel right so sometime in the spring is typically when i do my blending so so this was blended last year probably in about June, and it uh, you can already uh -huh. see how you know it's starting to marry and oh, this is like this, it's this like is like like truffle this chocolate. is like putting five best friends together and in a glass yeah. and getting to drink them because this is like party in the mouth. Pudding. This is and, awesome. And as I'm drinking it, I'm thinking of like rich, creamy chocolate pudding, truffle. <laughs> For me, uh, I mean, I, I my general philosophy about blending is I start with a core variety, in this case Tempranillo. We also make a, a Sangiovese based Super Tuscan. We make a Grenache based Southern Rhone. We make several Bordeaux blends. Uh, but I always start with this core variety and then I start adding things and thinking about how I can make it more complex, how I can make it more balanced. Um, sometimes I think a little bit about how to make it consistent with other vintages so that we're not making a dramatic change. Uh, especially if it's a, a vintage that's a little bit outside of the, the normal. Um, but it, so it, it, it's, all for me though, if I add so much stuff, like if I added so a lot of Graciano to this, you, you could imagine that it would start tasting just like Graciano. It would be, spi I, it'd be too spicy. I, right, so I want, it, I want it to have that little undercurrent of Graciano, but I really want it to taste mainly like Tempranillo, uh, but a really good Tempranillo with even more stuff going on and perfect balance. This to me is one of those wines too. If you have somebody that says, "Oh, I don't like red wine," they this would, would be love a great this to, to because red there wine. is enough different tastes in it, and it's not super complex. It's just really nice and easy to drink. This is a day drinker. All right, we're gonna taste. We're gonna taste one more uh, out of a again, like we did with the Graciano. I'm gonna give you some out of a brand new American oak barrel, and so you can see now. So the final wine will be all blended together. Some new barrels, some old barrels. Usually the final blend for this wine is about 30% new oak. 
So, but you're going to taste one that's 100% new oak wow. tree. Oh, wow. And while we're waiting for Brian to bring that, we're going to move on again with the dues. <coughs> Do call ahead and ask if you need to schedule a time if you have more than four people in your group. Um, staffing can be tricky, and if they don't have um, no large parties are coming in, some places will even tell you that they can't accommodate you. And it's not because they're trying to be mean to you. It's not because they don't want your business. It's because they want you to really, truly enjoy that experience. And I think a lot of people miss that. So if you're four, six, or eight, call ahead. I, s I promise they're going to find a way to accommodate you because they do want you there. Uh, one of the do's that we forgot to put on here, do have something to eat before oh, you yes. go wine tasting. Yes. Uh, wine tasting rooms... Uh, will sometimes have little bites or little crackers, crackers or something, yeah. but they're not going to supply you with an entire nope. lunch or dinner. So if you plan on spending a day wine tasting in Woodenville, which I would suggest you do at some point yep. in your life, Enjoy the whole thing. but have breakfast, lunch, and then some dinner. Before, during, and after. <laughs> okay, I lied. No. I said it was going to be American oak. This is Hungarian oak. Oh. Because we hadn't tasted a new Hungarian oak. <laughs> So this is a medium-plus toast Hungarian barrel. So you we're supposed to eat goulash with this? Is this, a younger, <laughs> is this a younger wine? Uh, this is the same wine that you just ha had, the, seven, the 17 Corita, but uh, from a brand-new barrel. That's, so the brand-new is why it tastes a little bit younger to me. Yeah, is that right? I mean, yeah. Definitely, it tastes oakier for sure and probably it a little smokier, I would think. Um, now, there's a natural smokiness to Tempranillo, I always thought, but... When you add these toastier barrels to it, it, it definitely brings out the toast. And that's why this wine goes so well with, um, with bar like barbecue, lightly smoked meats, bacon, things yep. that have a little smokiness to them. Yep, something, a nice big giant bacon burger would be really good with this. I could. I was gonna say, there's a couple of places that we can pop over. I mean, we're sitting here in the heart of Woodenville wine country. Um, on the backside of Columbia is where Brian's uh, facility is. Uh, some of my favorite places. I love dropping in and sitting next to the fireplace pretty much any time of year um, at Willows. You know, Barking Frog is always a fun one. You've got the new pizza place, and I can't remember what the name of it is. Up um, by the roundabout. Um, you have next heritage. To Gorman. Yes, heritage. heritage. Yes, Vivi. Yes, Vivi. Oh, the the tavern right here. Oh yeah, is that fabulous. Was, yeah. Yep. So you know the nice thing is is you have a lot of places that you can grab snacks. Um, I always tell people my advice is if you're going to go wine tasting for the afternoon, make it a full afternoon. Give yourself plenty of time. Park your car. Walk. You're going to want to burn some of that off. Go slow. Don't try to power and, and try to hit. I'm not hit 13 wineries. No. Max, max. And this is if you really do drink wine, I would say your max should still be five wineries. When I go tasting, I typically won't do more than four. And I drink wine all the time. <laughs> Five's a lot. Three. Yeah. Because you don't. Lingering at like two or three or four, you know, and just, just, you know, if you get a chance to talk to the people there and. Tasting and you get you, you you know yeah. try and figure out what the winemaker is all about, right? Um, and remember remember what you tasted. And some people take notes. I've had people come into the tasting room, you know, and they write their little notes down, and I think that's just great. Well, and you you think there, you know, wine has become such more of an experiential. It, it's a and it's a 
in experience. Yep. So much more than the 80s and the 90s. Oh, yeah. the, you know, the education of wine, what's happening here in Washington State with wines. It's a lot more to, to learn and listen. And you are going to get notes from people that are standing around you, too, which is You're always learn fun. A lot. Yeah. Wanted to say though, if you know more than everyone else, don't act like you know more than everyone <laughs> yeah. else. That's a big it don't. To me. <laughs> it, it happens to me all the time. I'll go in and I'm I'm not as educated about wine, but I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. That's why I'm there. And I have people look down on me, and it 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 makes me not want to go. I think unfortunately you've got some of the social norms that you just. There are some people who just are not exactly savvy, which is why we speak about this. So, yes, yes. So yes you know, be, be kind with your renditions of, of how you see the wines and you're drinking them, experiencing them. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to share with the people around you. I think it's another to do it in a way that's belittling because it's like anything else. You don't want to discourage somebody from continuing to do this because it is such an amazing experience. I mean, I've seen brand new wine drinkers, 21, 22 year olds up at a bar sitting next to an 86 year old and never in my life have I seen a, a truer um, bridging of the gap because they're both trying to find something in the wine and it's not about generations, it's not about lifestyles, it's about the wine and, and they can have that same thing in common in that moment and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's an incredibly good point that, that uh, you know there's plenty of wine snobs out there and right. Uh, I suppose there's music snobs and food snobs <laughs> and, 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 and coffee there snobs. <laughs> and, well, in Seattle, there's a lot of coffee snobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it's again, as I said earlier, nobody's wrong, and everybody's learning. So we're really kind of all in the same boat here. We're trying to enjoy wine. And, uh, you know, if, you c if, if you're in a position where you can teach somebody something, you do it in a way that, you know, that is kind and, and you know, you're – there's plenty of way, plenty of ways to do that without without going. Oh, well, I don't think that's true, uh, or you know that. Don't you know? <laughs> I want to say that what I know about wine and what I've learned is from LB, who knows so much. I don't. I don't know that no, much. I don't know that much. You do. You know more than you realize. But you're so humble about it. You make me want to learn more. You make me. Um, excited to learn and I go home and I bring home these wines and my husband's like what is this this is amazing and I'm like I know LB has totally made me love wine <laughs> in a completely different light and that's the difference between a wine snob and a wine educated person you know it's like anything else if you share a journey properly more people will go on the journey with you I love that so and with that well said, said let's wrap up our do's and don'ts the last one I love this no gum no gum. No, no mints. No mints. Because no I, Altoids. It makes the no. wine taste odd. Yeah. Yes. If, if you have gum in your mouth or mints, you can't go in and go, this wine tastes bad. No, that's your mouth. Yeah. That's your trident. <laughs> that's your trident. <laughs> yes. That's your Altoid. Your trident in the ocean <laughs> with Aquaman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everybody want to give me a little warmer place? Yes. yes. Let's go. <laughs> and. All right. Now, as we're walking in to go get um, to be able to taste the the ac accumulation of all these different varietals that we tried, uh, let's just hit our little question of the week that we asked our socially savvy. Perfect. Um, the question was, how do you cue guests? It's time to leave. This is what we got back. <laughs> 
put up a party banner that says, please leave by nine. <laughs> that okay, was that's pretty, that's pretty direct. That was pretty direct. <laughs> I, I loved that one. Um, that was uh, given to us by Catherine, or Kathy Zant Kritsonis. Um, I love what she did. She went on Amazon and actually showed where you could buy. <laughs> nice. <this> <laughs> I like that. The next one was, um, now I'm, I'm not sure how to say her name. So Solani? I think it's Sonali. I think Sonali O'Keefe. Turn on the lights. Yeah. Nobody wants to be in a party with all the bright lights on. Yep. Make it go away. Go star. Start cleaning up the party. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Move your feet, please. Yeah. Start wiping things down. <laughs> Diane Easley. I say, oh, look at the time. It's time for you to go. And if it's at my home, I then said, take two things into the kitchen on your way out. Works every time. I love that woman. She is fantastic. Um, Kyle, okay, I'm just <laughs> going to say, this is t totally a guy thing. Get naked. Yeah, that'll scare people. Yeah, They'll that'll run scare away. <laughs> Jay, my dad had the perfect system. He would disappear for 15 minutes, return in his pajamas. He would announce, I hope. You're ready to go because <laughs> I'm going to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for giving us your answers. We love asking the question of the week. If you guys have a question that you would like us to present, <coughs> Um, we're more than happy to do so, and everybody who does respond with either a question or an answer gets added into a monthly drawing, and some of our prizes are pretty amazing. Yay it's for prizes! It's usually in a bottle. It's usually corked, um, and that's about all I can say about the prize. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian is now pouring the final, final. Like this the is pièce de résistance. This is the Corita 2015, which is our current release. So now you've tasted the 18 components, the, the Tempranillo and the Graciano, the two main components, and then uh, we tasted a 17 out of the barrel. We, we skipped the 16, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to the 15, which is our, so the, the 16 is resting comfortably, waiting uh, to, to be uh, released. We're getting uh, better now. It's, it's getting better, getting better, <laughs> and this one is, I can't say that necessarily the, the 15 that we're trying here is at its peak. It's, probably, it's going to continue to get better, um, but it is uh, tasting pretty good. So that um, goes into a question I was going to ask you, because I know with varietals, you know, some a lot of people now drink go to buy wine to drink it today. But um, there are some of us freaks out there who just love the idea and the romance of what's it going to be like in three years, five years, seven years. With your blends, I think I have always had a harder time trying to figure out how long I should lay them down. So I always go to the resources like, um, what is the, uh, I can't think of it right now anyway, where you can, it tells you like what years are probably best. But for something like this, what when do you think would be it's best to drink? On Brian Carter Seller's website, we actually have an aging chart. Oh my which God. Is pretty, okay. pretty <laughs> rare. So you go in there and look at wh you know whether I'm telling you you should age this wine or whether you should drink it uh, now or you know some some of them are drink now slash age I mean they're right right wow. in that yeah. between stage um, and uh, so my general philosophy I mean there's a lot of aspects about aging um, and uh, but I generally feel like if you make a balanced wine it's going to taste good when it's young but it's also going to age well. And if you have the ability to, uh, like a, a cellar um, that, you, that you can keep wine in at a, at a good, uh, you know, proper not temperature. proper temperature. Uh, I'm not talking about storing wine on top of your refrigerator. No, that's uh, bad. <laughs> that's bad. 
if you if you have a, the ability to store it at, at a nice even temperature, then um, you will be rewarded by aging wines. You know, a wine like this, uh, you can you can enjoy it as it is, but put it away for five years, and you will you will find it um, really a lot more complex, a lot softer, a lot rounder. Uh, mainly the, the bottle bouquet actually is what happens. I mean, you get this incredible aromas that start coming out of it of, uh, you know, dried flowers and, and tar and, and just, you know, dried cherries. It, get, it gets I mean the more, more ev evolved kinds of fruits um, instead of just the fresher uh, fruit. Well, and I had the pleasure because um, ha having done the show with you, you know, several years ago and, and continuing, I broke open a bottle. And I found it funny that you decided to do the Corita because that was the bottle that I broke open last year, and it was a 2012. And, oh, my God, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I, I'm, well, I, I'm, I would hesitate. I mean, I said five years, so I hesitate to say 10. But this wine probably also would be really good in 10 years. But then it starts to depend a little bit more on e your exact aging conditions and even your exact taste. And if you, know, if you, if you have a lot of 10-year-old wines and you develop a taste for them, or even 20-year-old wines, um, a lot of, a lot of if you, if and you know, if you, if, if you had 20-year-old wines, they're, yeah, they can be in a really special experience. Um, some of them start to get too old, and they start right. to go over the hill, and you lose your fruit, and and they, and they can, they can definitely not ages. Wine does not age forever, but great wines will definitely age for 20 years, and and those wines if are worth waiting for. If but they ha also a little bit of acquired taste. They're not necessarily for everybody. Well, thank you so much. Today has been so much fun. Such a different, unique experience. Absolutely. Um, I would encourage if if you love wines and you love these types of experiences, um, some of your uh, bigger charity auctions, Auction of Washington. Um, I'm trying to think. The James Beard. They usually get these kinds of experiences that you, as winemakers, so generously donate. Um, and they are worth their weight in gold because you get that one-on-one -on -one time with the winemaker. Um, you get to see, you know, and, and feel and kind of live a little bit of their their life for a moment as you're walking through and tasting their barrels. So and thank just you. Just like the grapes that are mixed together is just fun to bring all these people together, too, in one place at one time. And then they can share what Brian Carter meant to them and what the experience of tasting the wine meant to them. So that's that's always the great part about being in this beautiful uh, Northwest and Woodenville wine country is we have these people that are accessible to us. We are very spoiled. We are very lucky. Thank you all for coming. It's been a lot of fun. Um, keep drinking great wine, eating great food, and enjoying it with friends. Cheers. And with that, we are going to um, touch base on some of our upcoming events. Uh, as always, you can go to Socially Savvy Eastside Events and Entertainment, Socially Savvy Seattle Events and Entertainment, and then we also have pages for both North Seattle and South Sound that we're developing. With that said, Shelley, what's coming up next? Coming in mid-April, April 12th to be exact, is Acoustic Nights at Castillo de Feliciana, Woodenville with the Dog Tones. They have a cozy, intimate indoor venue. Outside food is welcome. Again, all these events and more can be found on our local events pages, Socially Savvy Eastside Events and Entertainment and Socially Savvy Seattle Events and Entertainment. Check them out for more fun events in your area. Want to win tickets to one of these amazing events? Hyperlink and share the podcast of this show to be entered to win. 
Wrapping up, we'd like to thank you for joining us today, and we hope we inspired and intrigued you. If so, please like our page, share our shows, and let us know what questions or stories you have about being socially savvy. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Brian Carter, Alvin Goldfarb, Taste Washington, Seattle Uncorked, The Power of She, Sparkling Ice, and Talking Rain. And remember, make every event better because you were there. Have a socially savvy week, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.